the future of photography. So, Chris, have you got a classic camera? Oh, <laughs> plenty. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question. No, we, we are a half-analog household here, so we have, like, an entire showcase full of old cameras. Old cameras. And, yeah, okay, so it, it, it was a question where I think I already knew the answer before I asked it, because I know that you and Monica are both, yeah, very active in the analog film f- uh, photography uh, community, and, uh, yeah... And, and I, I don't know. I don't think I know the extent of your camera collection. But to be honest, there's got to be a reason you live in a place called the Viewfinder Villa, right? I'm <laughs> I'm scared of counting. I'm really scared of counting. <laughs> well, I have to say I don't have quite so many classic cameras. I'm not much of a camera collector. I tend to you know, try some and, and then lose them if they're not right, and try and get the right ones. But <clears throat> I think it's pretty easy um, or, or it's a pretty safe bet that, that if you ask somebody if they've got a classic camera, their mind will immediately stray to film cameras at this point. Yes. Um, and, and five years ago, you know, e- even more so, right? You know, a classic camera. Oh, that's a film camera. It's a classic camera, right? E- even if they were still only you know, 10 years old or, or whatever it might be. But I think that's changing. Um, you know, so you and I both have uh, podcasts and analog photography podcasts. Mm-hmm. And and some of what we talk about certainly on Sunny Sixteen is is cameras. In fact, quite a lot of what we talk about is cameras. But we do try to talk about the actual photography as well. But I think I think I'm sensing a change, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. Because if you think about it, right, you can have a 15 year old camera now. Now, and arguably that's a almost a classic. But 15 year old cameras now are digital. They're Very not film true. cameras. Uh, and uh, and and although you know, I guess maybe fifteen years ago was 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 very pretty early days for usable and affordable digital cameras. Um, the digital technology is now pretty mature, right? And and you see that in you know people keeping hold of their cameras for longer because the upgrades are are, are less significant in the technology. But just because, you know, it actually, you know, the, the technology isn't new anymore and it's reached a level of maturity. So if I look back 15 years and think, well, what would be a classic camera? I'm, I'm not sure I know the answer to this question, by the way, or that we need to for this conversation. But soon our classic cameras are going to be digital. So today I wanted to talk about future classics. Hmm. <laughs> future classics. It's funny, the, the, this concept runs, I mean, I, I, I'm a, quite a car enthusiast. And of course, the classic car, uh, classic cars are, are very much a, an area of uh, um, enthusiasm and, and uh, art and craft as well as engineering. Um, you know, some, some of these things are, are beautiful. And I went to a show back in the summer um, which were, where there were some classic cars on display and being able to run up and down a runway in an airfield. And, um, yeah, the, there's a lot of love and a lot of effort goes into that. And it's a, a very popular scene to be part of. And so if, I, so if I had a 15-year-old car, would that be a classic? No, but maybe it would be a future classic. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think how old my car is, actually. <laughs> my car's about eight years old, so no, it's not, it's not there yet. But... Um, I, it's uh, it will be there in a few years' time. Should I keep it? Um, <laughs> you need storage uh, space, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think I might own 
a future classic camera. We'll come back to that in a minute. But but um, do you, what what would you think of as a as a as a, a future classic? So if you had to think of a digital camera as a classic, what would you be looking for in that? Well, I'm a DSLR head, so so when I shoot digital, um, I'm I haven't jumped on the mirrorless uh, thing just yet, but of course I have to go back to what I had when I started off in the DSLR world, and that would be the Canon 5D Mark One, or uh-huh. the Canon 5D as it was called. And uh, interestingly enough, recently I came across a comparison. Someone took the 5D Mark IV and compared it to the 5D Mark One, and um, of course the 5D Mark One smaller display, slower in operation, doesn't do as high ISO as the newer ones, and has a has has fewer pixels and like all the things that you would expect from a camera that old. But the one thing that struck me was that the photos, they took the same photos with both cameras, that the photos were strikingly similar. (laughs) There wasn't a big difference in the look of the photos. You could have shown me those at least in a smaller resolution side by side and i wouldn't have been able to tell which one came from which camera and that was uh a mind that was that was mind-blowing because it kind of yeah showed me that you could take amazing photos with that camera back then and you, you can't really take technically much better photos with a newer camera unless you shoot in extreme conditions of course Yes, if you were to shoot in the dark, you know, it would um, be different. Yes. It'd, be, it'd be a different thing, wouldn't it? So that, yes, and that's I think that's what's behind my question about what you look for because you know we we see year on year on year, and and this year a short while ago at Photokina was was the the biggest launch of new cameras I can recall for for many years. Um, almost all uh, the major manufacturers had groundbreaking new, at least so-called groundbreaking <laughs> new releases for Photokina 2018. Um, and some of it sounded quite interesting to me, to be honest, not a lot of it, but that's, that's not to say it shouldn't be interesting to others. Um, you know, and, and so is, is that, you know, it, uh, being able to see in the dark, you know, um, low light performance is, is one of the marketing things that comes back year after year, generation after generation. Is that something you'd look for in a classic, perhaps? Um, no, not, not, <laughs> okay. not, not really. This, this, I mean, if, if it is good in low light, why not? But um, no, not really. Okay, so what else is there that's really up in the marketing at the moment? Uh, IBIS is a good one, isn't it? In-body in image stabilization. Is that something you look for in a classic? No, definitely not. Uh, Moving there, parts? Uh, this this I... could be a really long list, so I'll just cut to the <laughs> end of it. It's just like, is there anything that is currently marketed as you know, one of the top things that get marketed for new cameras that you personally would look for in a classic? <laughs> <clears throat> Honestly, I would probably look at um, a classic to have as little, a few features as possible. Ah, um, for, okay. for one okay. reason, the less things are in there, the less can break over time. Um, I remember. Oh, okay. Oh, an, an engineering approach to a classic. Uh, totally, like that. totally an engineering approach. <laughs> if you if you look at some of the older uh, cameras and their built-in light meters, um, there's different kinds of light meters. One is called in German. It's called Celine. Um, yes, uh, uh, selenium in selenium in cells yeah. that tend to age and that tend to not work anymore with many of the older cameras. So 
the internal light meter is useless on some of those. Yes, they particularly wear out if you leave them uncovered for years on end, don't they? The selenium meters, you right. have to leave and, them with a, a dark cover on them. And and that's a problem if you kind of want to rely on one. Um, and that makes those older cameras less valuable um, if that doesn't work. So mm. I would I would probably go for something that yeah doesn't have too many features that is kind okay. of simpler. Given that I uh, given that I also have a podcast cast called Sunny Sixteen, I have to say that a light meter isn't everything. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you, and I'm 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 the one who's I'm I'm able to work around a broken light meter. I don't really need one. I I think my Minolta X seven hundred, which for me is also a classic, but the film classic, um, it th that one has a light meter that needs a battery, and it has a just in general the the, the making an exposure takes a battery. Unless no, it's not the X. It's the X. Uh, it's one of the other X X series. But um, but if you have don't have a battery, you can switch to an emergency mode, which is a hundredth of a second. That is mechanical. So yeah, you can, I have that. Uh, you can go my, back yeah. to that. And I shoot that pretty much. All, I shoot that camera pretty much. I'm too lazy to get a new battery, so I shoot that camera pretty much just on a one hundredth of a second, and just do the um, the corrections using the aperture. Yes. No, using it, it, using the Sony sixteen rule, I I yes my my preferred um, Nikon film SLRs, uh, they they have been serviced and they're both working really really well even though they are currently thirty five years old maybe <clears throat> thirty to thirty five years old, but they do have PCBs in them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, electronic boards in them um, that one day there'll be a, a, some solder will fall off, you know, or something like that. <laughs> and then I'll have a, a, a beautiful brick. Uh, although they do have, like you've just described, a single mechanical mode. I think on mine it's a 250th. So that's going to be slightly more challenging. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you're right. So, okay. So let, let, let's, uh, um, so, so something simple. But not n nothing that is you know you you haven't identified any of the currently you know top favorite marketing points for new cameras that are important to you. Is it uh, are there um, uh, are le lens things that are important to you? Does that come I mean, in you know, if if you're a, an SLR person, you know the, the lenses are, are, are changeable. So you know are there particular lenses you like. Hmm. I mean, I mean, they're, they're not really. No, I mean, I, I want a lens to perform well, but I'm—I've never really been one to 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 gravitate to certain specific lenses. And okay, I, so okay. I, I I don't go for like classic lenses. Not really. <laughs> no, I know. In fact, recently, actually, I I, I was invited to be a guest. Uh, on a podcast that that covers exactly that, actually, some some podcasting buddies of mine um, invited me to be part of their podcast, and um, uh, yes, um, uh, classic lenses podcast, uh, and it's um, it, it is a different view, but it's one that's very very popular. People like you know, collecting classic lenses and using different things. It's it's uh, it's not something I have much experience of, but uh, okay, all right, I, I'll I'll stop putting you on uh, on the spot and asking you challenging questions. <laughs> Because <laughs> it is an it, it, it's intriguing, isn't it? Just what exactly makes a classic? But I think I might have one, right? And so I am going to propose now that the Fujifilm X twenty uh, is a future classic. It's a classic in the making, and I think it's a camera that people will go back to in a few years' time. Now, is, is this a Why camera is that? that you know much about? 
Well, I, I'm I'm looking at the web page you, you linked, so I have the tech specs in front of me right now. But that's uh, that's about it. So, what what do you why do you think it makes a good classic? Well, okay, so this is a a point and shoot camera um, with a a built in zoom lens. Uh, if I, I I don't have the specs in front of me, but if I remember correctly, the the zoom range is an equivalent of about twenty. Eight or twenty-four or twenty-eight through to a hundred and a bit, um, uh, but again, I don't. It, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, when you, when you're thinking about older things, you don't talk about the specs in detail. I don't really think of it in terms of specs. I have no idea how many pixels it has. <laughs> twelve um, megapixels. Twelve. The website. Oh, that's more than enough. Um, and uh, it is because it's a point and shoot camera. It's got quite a small sensor in it, so again, it's, it's not one that is, is is enormously good in low light because it's a very small sensor. And I think it must be about five or six years old now. I mean, maybe more. I don't know. Um, but I think it, it, it. But it's. I love using it. I use it uh, quite a lot, actually. Uh, for one thing, it fits in my pocket. Um, so you know, there's. Um, for another thing. Uh, it has what even by then was quite a rare thing, which is a, an optical viewfinder um, in a compact camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was, I bought that camera at a time before the EV te- the EVF technology was, was, was as good as it is today. And it certainly wasn't good in tiny compact cameras. So it was nice to have a little, uh, a little optical viewfinder, which I do use when necessary. Um, it's got a good, walk around zoom lens you know 20 something to 100 and something actually is 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 a pretty good range for most things um it's got some things that i consider reasonably model modern it shoots video 1080p video at 60 mm. frames a second that is modern it only yeah. shoot it only shoots at 60 frames per second <laughs> which is totally fine yeah it, yeah except I, that's that's not a look that i like so i tend to edit it down to 30 frames per second um uh i i'm not a, a great fan of the the um the the the, the a stuttery look fluid no the fluidity there's at 60 fps i see a sort of fluidity it's like like watching video through treacle i don't i don't really have the vocabulary to describe mm-hmm. it. but uh, but i i recently even this this year we were out on a family uh a, a, a large family a day out because it was related to my daughter's birthday um there were about 20 people from both sides of the extended family there and i shot a whole day of video on this thing and put together a little thing that she shared around the family which is great and it, it, it was really good it's good fun um uh it has the you know uh, it's because it's a fuji film it has some of those uh much talked about fuji film simulations fewer than not not so many of the modern ones but it's there but it's um, got the standards like so provia velvia and so on uh yes so the the yeah the uh yes the, there's one they call vivid which is the provia one i mm-hmm. think there's a softer one which is, is equivalent to astia okay um it, it um it's got do you know i tell you what it's it's super super special power is uh black and white jpegs this camera something it does in the it's a mixture of the sensor noise and size and and the algorithms to turn it around the, the black and white jpegs that come out of it are just gorgeous okay um, and I don't even shoot black and white very often. <laughs> the colours are good too, mm-hmm. but I think I, so. Uh, is is any of this coming across as I think I know why it's a classic, or is this just why I love this camera? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I'm. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you probably will have to look 
at a camera through your own lens, so to speak. Ah, so, yes, I see what you did there. Good, good playing with words there. But yeah, yes, I, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, th I think I think you have to. You can't see it without your own experience. Uh, kind of coloring your view. So I think it's it's probably a mixture of both. Okay. All right. So uh, I think that's yeah. Okay. Because it, it is a personal thing, isn't it? It it is a personal thing. You know. It's yeah. You know, why does one why does one classic car collector buy a Ferrari and the other one buy a Ford Mustang? I'm just on Flickr. I look at some of the black and white photos. I love what they do with the contrasts. It, it, it is the, the superpower of that camera, right? For anybody who wants a small pocketable camera to walk around with that shoots amazing black and white, um, it, it's never going to give you the sharpest rendering because it's a small sensor. It's never, um, you're not going to be printing these the size of a wall. Although I have to say, I've printed photographs from this camera uh, up to about, um, uh, I guess what in Europe we'd call A4 size and in America you might call letter size paper. Mm -hmm. um, you know, th that sort of size is perfectly achievable with this camera and, and with, without seeing lots of artifacts of the, that the camera has added to the image. Um, and I've got some on the wall in my house. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, another special skill. Sorry, I forgot. How can I have forgot this? <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to say this. It has a leaf shutter and it will synchronize flash at a two thousandth of a second. You can kill the sun with this camera. And I've done it. I've got other photos of, of you know, where I've actually done speed light photography, not even big studio strobes, just mm -hmm. simple speed lights outside on a really sunny day. And, and yeah, can, if, and you, can, if you can get the shutter short enough and sync with a flash, you can do quite a few interesting things out in bright sunlight, yes. Yeah, and I can actually do, um, yeah, I, I suspect this is a phrase I got from somebody like David Hobby, <laughs> but something, you know, it's, you know, how do you expose with flash? Well, you know, you, you underexpose the ambient by two stops and, and, and you fill in the rest, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, and you can do that with this camera, even on a bright sunny day, even even without an ND filter. Um, but if you put, yeah, uh, the only reason I ever use an ND filter on this camera is for when I'm shooting video. Um, but it, so, and 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 if I look on eBay right now, you can get a used one for under two hundred euros, hundred and fifty, hundred and thirty. Yeah. That, oh, that's really that's really good. I think knew they were about four hundred. Um, uh, and and it is in some ways the the ultimate ex expression of this line of cameras. So so after that there was a, there was a Fuji X10, then there was the X20, uh, which is the one we're talking about, the one that I have. There was an X30, but that moved. That was still a a pocketable small sensor zoom camera, but I think that had an EVF. Um, so this was the the X twenty was the last one with a with a uh, opt with an optical viewfinder. Um, I think the I think the X thirty was a good camera as well. Um, and then after that, Fuji went in a different direction. So um, you know there, there there are not so many of these things kicking around either. So um, any so I, it's interesting. So what what is you know I, I, we ask our question, don't we? What does this mean for the future of photography? Um, maybe it means that everybody should go out and buy a Fuji X20 off of eBay today. <laughs> <laughs> that will bring the price up quite a bit. Don't, people, don't. <laughs> no, no, do it, do it. <laughs> I already have so, mine. It's wait, 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 hey, wait, I, wait, wait. I paid you... full retail price for mine when it was new. So, 
unless 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 this is a, this is a smart ploy to to really sell your X20 expensive, bring the price up by this, and then do you uh, know what? Make a fortune and on for, it for a couple of years. It was back in its box and sitting on the shelf, ready for me to list it somewhere. Oh, really? Or or trade it uh, for a couple of years? I didn't use it. I thought I had moved on, um, and. In the last 12 months, I've started going back to it more and more. And it's almost got to the point now where this is my pick it up as I walk out the door camera. That might be a good sign for it to become a classic if that happens. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. So... Hmm. Do you do you own what what is? So I, I've actually uh, heard it described as the five D classic. Do you still have one? No, nope, I don't. No, I sold it, and I'm, that's okay for me. I don't think I need one, so maybe that's a good sign for it not becoming a classic. I don't know. Mm, you see, I don't have uh, a camera of the same type as my future classic. I don't. Ha- I guess the equivalents these days would be the the Sony X. No, what are they called? The RX one hundred series. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, or the um, Panasonic have a, a, a an equivalent, don't they? You know, the, the, what we're seeing the the one inch, very small um, point and shoot cameras that that are you know some of them are enormously capable, aren't they? Um, oh, they are, and 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 in- interesting enough, the 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 Fuji X twenty, I think, is also pre pre too much computational photography i think well it certainly does because it does the conversions in in the camera so every digital camera is kind of a computational photography thing but i don't think it does too much with uh bending the image and no i don't think so other than the you know yes as you say the the uh, jpeg rendering um, i might be I, completely I wrong here but that's just a feeling i have <laughs> It wasn't something Fuji were known for at the time, um, but it's uh, it's it's a great anyway. It's it's a great little camera. I think the only thing that frustrates me with it at all is that it's got no Wi-Fi in it, um, and so I actually have to take the card out <laughs> to get the photographs onto you know uh, whatever other devices I need. Uh, but that's okay. That's not a big deal. Um, uh, it's. Um, it's just how it used to be, isn't it? <laughs> Very true. Anyway, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, keeping my, you know, my little Fuji X20. Hopefully, it'll it it'll be mechanically and, and electronically robust enough to to use for some years yet. It'd be a shame if it wasn't. Um, I think it's been built fairly well, and I hope one day, Chris, that you enjoy a future classic digital camera. Um. I'm working on it. Oh, by the way, um, we had a birthday. We did. We did have a birthday. On November 18th, the future photography was one year old. Oh, well, happy birthday to us. So I, I think, wait, 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 wait. There we go. <laughs> Where's the cake? I'll, I'll go get some later. <laughs> one one year old. I just I just noticed. So um, episode fifty four. One year old podcast. That's um, great. Yeah. So as this show goes out on the the twenty first of November twenty eighteen, we've just celebrated our first birthday. Brilliant. So if you want to celebrate with us, hey, let us know and. On the website, thefutureofphotography.com, there's ways to contact us. 
um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, and I would love to hear about future classics that, uh, or, or even already digital classics that, <laughs> that listeners have. Um, that, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's time to start collecting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that covers it for this episode. We'll be back in a week from now with another exciting topic. Until then, take care. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.